0: To Roy.
1: This is for the... a three wins the
0: series it's lillard he got the shot off
1: hello and welcome into the backyard blazers podcast i'm your host connor scott and on this beautiful saturday morning here in spud studios i am joined by your two favorite blazer aficionados Agent Double Eleven, Tyler Baggenstoss, and KG, the big ticket, Kyle George. And as always, we want to thank you all for your support, ideas, and suggestions. We are loving, interacting, and talking Blazers with every one of you. Please, please, please keep reaching out to us at The Backyard Blazers on Instagram. And if you like what you're seeing, do us a solid and spread it around to your Blazer-loving friends as well. Lastly, if you have any Blazers content of your own illustrations, memes, whatever, we would love to help showcase that for you. We'll tag you in all your stuff. Make sure you get your credit, but we'd love to just voice that out for you and help you uh, spread your own creativity and whatnot. So at the Backyard Blazers on Instagram, um, this week is a prime example. Go check out one of our latest posts. CJ Michael put together an awesome image of uh, Demontis and Arvita Sabonis playing one-on-one that I really, really loved. All right. Today's episode is one that is sure to get your week started in a great mood, as we have the always jubilant and always jovial Jack McDonald joining us a little later on for an interview and to participate in the Through the Fire segment, our weekly segment where we use questions from you, the listeners, as our debate topics. Since we last spoke, fellas, it has not been kind to the Blazers yet again. The Blazers have gone 1-3 in Damian Lillard's absence, including losses to the Celtics, Pacers, and an extra painful loss to the Pelicans, who have now taken over the ninth spot in the West. Blazers falling to 10th, two-and-a-half games out of the eight seed and a half game behind New Orleans. Fellas, biggest takeaway from this one-and-three stretch for the Blazers here? Biggest takeaway? <laughs> a lack of defense.
2: Yeah. CJ showing out. Um, a lack whole of lot Damian wings. Lillard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to
1: start, a lack of Damian Lillard. But um, let's start with the first game in this in this stretch and it was like i just mentioned very painful coming back from the all star break blazers lose to the pelicans 128 to 115 zion williamson 25 more points four rebounds uh lonzo ballcall you were saying you liked the way he played unfortunately against us but the pelicans proved to be a thorny thorny matchup for the blazers uh, what do what what are our thoughts after coming away from that game? Obviously, we knew we were competing them for the playoffs, but injuries are just making yeah. this roster desolate.
3: I think my biggest takeaway, and it's kind of it doesn't really just involve the Blazers. It's more just the it, it's all about the Pelicans. I just see this team as a very they're very good. good team in the future. If you just look at their team, they're just loaded with the young guys. We all knew that, but now that they've added Zion, yep. it, they just look scary. And I, I I I did like Lonzo Ball Connor. I think. Um, you know, people give him a hard time as the number two overall pick, but I think he is playing great ever since he's been in New Orleans. He played 40 minutes against us, yep. he almost played the entire game. Yep. And yet, you know, he's always putting up big assist numbers, big rebounds numbers. He does the little things, he has all the intangibles. Yep. Um, I really do like this Pelicans team, so I'd say my biggest takeaway is that they are going to be a problem in the future. Yep.
2: And I think with that team, it starts with Zion Williamson. As crazy it is to say, I don't know if it is crazy actually, but it's less than 10 games into the or. Se- er, he's played less than 10 games at the point that we faced up against him him our big guy having to match up on zion pulling him away from the paint hassan's having to play up perimeter um just a lot of offensive boards for the pelicans because hassan's not down there he's really our only rebounding right. threat it's just crazy the amount of impact that zion has um it, it they're incredible they're young they're um a lot of talent on the team they're deep so it's,
1: it gonna, be a, it's yeah. gonna be a tough playoff race and and Luckily, we were able to nab a win in our next game against the Detroit Pistons, 107-104, to 104, CJ McCollum. I mean, he's stepped up despite the 1-3 yep. record. He's at least putting up the numbers you would hope to see in Dame's absence, and I know we're going to get to this, but that's been really reassuring for me just for the Blazers future, personally. But CJ goes for 41 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds. Carmelo Anthony tallies 32 points. I think his first time scoring over 30 since 2017, so... Uh, big production from our star scorers there in that game with Dame out of course was it a reassuring sign for you guys at all despite these recent struggles to see CJ balling out and I mean passing the ball like I I kind of forgot he could I didn't know he was honestly still this complete of a player based on what we'd seen this season so I'm curious on your thoughts CJ's recent play um I'm not in- super surprised about it in college he was
2: there um main point guard i believe for lehigh he, he, we know he can create do it all guard yeah. he do it all guard yeah so um you know that he's capable of doing that he just happens to be counterparts with damian lillard if he's on any other team and has a higher usage rate uh, he's going to be putting up numbers like this um but no i'm not surprised by cj he can ball man he's he's a killer so i loved what i see from cj yeah uh
3: you know, retweet uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly i mean cj's amazing and i think he's uh he's he's one of the most underrated players in the league um i I agree ty if his usage was higher consistently he would be putting up crazy numbers just like this so
2: a quick thing to note is still the blazers defense even though we got that win over the detroit pistons winning by three um we let christian wood off the bench go for 26 points and nine rebounds um i I i just don't know where it's a long list of things in our defensive struggles but we can't even hold detroit to like under 100 points uh, it's just the it's, defense has been sad it's right? been
1: tough to watch and and going back to quickly to the cj point I, it has been great to see him ball out reassuring for sure but it's almost brought up kind of an issue in my mind with this year's team and that being that we're so centered around our main ball handler i mean the second dame goes out yes you expect cj's production to increase in uptick but i think we saw last year in a different more flowing kind of offense, less based around just strictly pick and roll. Right. Dame went out last year for a little bit, and CJ stepped up, but it was like 28 points and kind of kind of that median not having to carry the whole offense. And I think um, it shows that this year we are so isocentric with the pieces we have, and I think it's a nope. forced move by Stotts because we have no other option, right? I mean, right.
2: Hazonia, that game played... Twelve minutes, zero points, zero rebounds, one assist.
1: Right, and so I'm not, I'm yeah, not blaming anyone. I just think you weren't even on the court. It's, <laughs> it's starting to resemble a little bit. Even when Dame's in the lineup, the second half of the year, we look kind of like the Houston Rockets to me, yeah. a little bit. Not in the terms that we're hoisting threes, but we're really just waiting for our best player to make one move off a of pick and roll, and then hope he makes the right choice too. And when get you say bucket.
2: that, that's non-winning basketball, and that's it's fantastic. non-winning exactly. basketball. Non-winning that's why we're exactly. upset, exactly. and
1: that's yeah. why we're going one and yeah. three. All right, um, yep. struggles continued as the Blazers then ran in to the buzzsaw that has been jason tatum 36 points and i mean he was just on an unreal tear at this point i think he had rattled off like 40 points a game before 38 piece before that so jason tatum comes in gets the best of us 39 uh don't forget about jalen brown Jalen brown 24 24 points yeah very good contribution there unfortunately blazers lose oh yet again go for it i did
2: note one thing on um this game in particular and it was yet again the defense but You know how we played pick and roll defense, how, say, C.J. McCollum's guarding Marcus Smart. Um, Daniel Tice comes up and gives him a a ball screen, and we go over the screen every time. We never go under. We always follow the – right. so we're always, like, running behind him. And then Hassan Whiteside, just in particular, I had to note that he was laid back, and Marcus Smart hit, like, Right around the screen three, right around the screen three, no, right hedges. Screen, three. no, no hedges, hedges at all. Yeah. So in uh, the second half, we came in and then changed that. We ended up switching everything, but it's just another like we just aren't on the same page defensively. And one thing also to note is Nate Tibbets, the the assistant coach, yeah, the shorter yeah, guy, yeah, 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 he yeah. took over defensive role. Um, he's the defensive coach this year, and I don't know who it was before, but I know it wasn't Nate Tibbets, and I know he's dealing Probably with
1: David Vanderpool who left for the Timberwolves. And I, guessing, <laughs> yeah, and I I, guess, I, yeah. I, 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 we're I dealing know, with but. injuries
2: and all that, but the defense has been atrocious yeah. this yeah. year. So.
1: And and I agree. And I think uh, you know, along with the coach, you also have to look at he's he's playing with some different pieces. Of course, we've talked Whiteside is leading the league in blocks, but as we've counted on multiple times, he tends to hang back near the rim. So in a three-point shooting league, we can definitely get beat and up by the
2: reason I wanted to that note that strategy. The reason I wanted to note that is because it was Marcus Smart was the one who was killing us. Not a, a decent three shooter, but not like a sniper. We play someone else like with a bit better shooting, which yep. is a lot of be- of the other teams' guards in the league were were done. Right. Yeah. So,
1: and and those are all good. Yeah.
3: I good. mean, you're, and to that point, though, it's you know, if Marcus Smart is not known as one of the best shooters, and maybe that was the initial strategy going to that game. Good was point. To sag off. Good point. And he's if he hits them that day, you know, you tip point. your cap and you move on, I guess.
1: Yeah. But, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason, I guess. We're not. Uh, invited into <laughs> yeah. the There's a reason they don't invite us into yeah. for our advice. But after uh, the strategy <laughs> doesn't work, dude, that didn't work. What are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> easy to point out what didn't work up all right let's move into the last game here a crushing 106 100 loss to the indiana pacers and I don't know about you, fellas, but I thought we were pulling this one out like yeah. the whole oh, game, yeah. and then that second half is specifically the fourth quarter, Kyle. I uh, took the
3: spread on this game, and uh, and we did beat it. I think it was at 9.5, nine and and half, half, yeah. which was which was a good take on our end. I think that was a – Well, if they're giving uh, you yeah. 10 fucking points, I mean, yeah, I would I hope. mean, you got to <laughs> take that. Um, I, I was happy to see how well we played this game. You know, the Pacers, I think, are a really good team, and I was telling Connor before the pod that this is a team in the East I see causing a lot of trouble now that they got Oladipo back in that lineup. I see a lot of depth on this team, and so to be able to steal that one on the road would have been huge for us, especially with Dame out. Um, but I am happy to see... I thought we played well as a team. Yeah, that I'm,
2: game. I'm surprised you didn't bring out uh, Gary Trent's play that game, because Dude, Gary Trent, he was knocking guy. down shots, and you know where... He, been talking a lot of bad defense but that dude is active on defense. active hands a lot of steals getting fast break points so loved what i saw from gary that game he is a dog i I would i would ride for gary any day i I hope he stays on the squad he's a great role player great role player
3: one thing to note um i know last podcast we talked about the anthony simons versus gary trent comparison if you look at the last three games we played you have anthony simons six points nine points six points this is a guy I understand he's still super young and I'm not giving up on him by any means but I would like to see especially with the the, all the injuries we have right now I would like to see this kid maybe step it up a little bit more I I don't know what his shooting percentage is Uh, it doesn't look great I see three of nine in this in this Indiana game I would like to see him step up a little bit more I know he's young but that's you know with this team that we have I think we have a lot of high expectations for him so I don't know if I'm sure Dane's in his ear you know keeping him hyped up and whatnot but I would like to see Anthony step it up
2: um and one thing also to note about that is you're asking a young guy, and I totally agree, I, I'm guessing that the team is saying, hey, Aunt, shoot the ball. Like, go in there and create. I would hope so, but yeah. But the thing is... Is he's he's feeling like, okay, I have to shoot the ball every time because I'm the only one who can score. When he passes the ball over to Wenyan Gabriel or Nasir Little or um whoever's not making shots, he has no Mario role Arizona. players to help him out. Right. There, so he's asked to do way right. more than expected. Right. Like at nineteen or twenty. Which is but, hard when the defense is key uh, on him too. Uh, yeah. All you gotta hope is that this is making him better, that he's having to go through this. Yep. I agree.
1: And so the last last little bit I want to cover here in this recent Blazers recap. Obviously one and three I mentioned we fall to tenth in the West here. Fellas, it's time to talk about this. Are you starting to aim for the lottery? Or are you still pushing for the playoffs? And I want to make a couple notes before I have you guys answer this. Blazers have been extremely suspect about the reporting of Yusuf Nurkic's return right now the latest report is no clear timetable fucks that mean that means he's not coming back this year <laughs> yeah. in my head yeah. um uh, we'll get into <laughs> yeah. that Zach Collins has been non-committal he's still very quote-unquote optimistic about playing games in March that was the phrase mm-hmm. optimistic about <laughs> playing games in March I don't know what that date is um and then Damian Lillard of course Uh, Near and dear to all our hearts, so I'm not going to make any sort of joke, but a lingering groin injury that, of course, like we've seen these kind of injuries. I think of LeBron last year, sure, he could have been resting, but those things nag, and if you rush back, it can definitely get worse. So, at this point, fellas, all things considered, the mood of the Blazers front office, what they've been releasing to us as fans, I want you just to take your typical fan's perspective here. What do you want to aim for as a Blazer fan in these last 20 or so games? who wants to do it, it i wants mean you, you all you
2: always want to aim for the playoffs i mean there's nothing better than playoff basketball
1: but you also have to
2: take in all the other factors that are going on in the season and we haven't been healthy the entire season you have your generational star and Damian Lillard with a nagging groin injury if you rush him back you're a dumbass you got Nurk who was 280 he broke his leg last year shattered it in half let him heal I I don't it would be the dumbest decision to rush guys back like Collins and Nurk especially who have been out and who are only going to come back and play like 10-15 minutes a game like yeah they're gonna Lakers in the first round and and then play the Lakers in the first (laughs) round you're expending all this energy on your you're eighty percent. I don't know what you are. You're not. You're not a hundred. So I know Damian Lillard, and this is why we love him. He'll never give up. Neither. Same with CJ. Like I feel like all of our guys are built that way. But if there's a year to not make the playoffs it's this one not to rush back we'll it's rush to back yeah
3: i agree ty um if and i think our front office agrees with us too based on the reports we're getting with these injuries <laughs> i think that the, the the best decision is to not bring these guys back still compete obviously with the guys you have still going out there trying to win games you make the playoffs great but i think you're putting your team in a situation to where we're like okay if we don't make the playoffs it's not the end of the day um we or end of the world hopefully we'll Snag a lottery pick. I think from a franchise perspective, the best move this season is to potentially try and get a lottery pick. It has value going into next year, which it can be a trade asset. There's a lot of different opportunities. And obviously
2: the front front office is – definitely thinking like that you gotta yeah. be stupid if you don't think i think the issue is where neil's trying to convince dame like hey you, you ain't playing you know like you and and, and, and dame's right like way. uh who the fuck you think i am yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. fucking damien lillard no, i'm gonna not, come and win like 40 yeah.
1: straight so i think it's an all balancing yeah. act yeah all righty that wraps up kind of our blazers recap and before we get to our fun fun interview with jack mcdonald we want to introduce one new segment courtesy of our buddy and baller in his own right nathan sanger asked us he knows we're habitual gamblers, yep. so he wants us to talk about it. And he was even pointing out, why not make it a little competition? So we put our heads together, and the Backyard Blazers, Kyle, Tyler, and myself, have decided to engage in that very idea. So here's how it will go down. We are going to pick a bet for the Blazers every time we record. It'll either be that night's game or whenever the, coming most, uh, the yep. next coming game is. Odds have to be at... Minus 125 or higher, and just because I'm stupid and would need the clarification, that does mean one, minus one 115, minus 110, you're all good. Yep. Anything the second it hits minus 125, dead, ineligible. Yep. All righty. And then here's the big part. Here's where it gets fun. The winner of this competition for the rest of the season, the other two members are going to pay for the playoff ticket to game one for that backyard blazer. All right. Everyone, I want to hear, yes, I agree. In, so, so if we don't make the playoffs, then what is the punishment? That, good question. Unfortunately, we have to address that. If we don't make the playoffs, it'll just extend into the season opener for 2020-2021 season. I feel like we or have to we shut the of, season off. Uh, we have to cut okay, off. Our, okay, okay. We'll, so we'll come back. With we'll the, brainstorm with yep. what the prize could be if we don't make the playoffs. But the optimistic podcast we are. We're going to assume yep. game one playoff ticket. Yep. Okay. Kyle, I'm giving you the first choice in this uh, first rendition of this segment. Blazer Betts. What do you got?
3: I am going to take the player prop of uh, some Whiteside over 35 and a half points, rebounds and assists at minus 120. I think oh, he's yeah. close. And just to clarify, it, the Blazers close. play Atlanta tonight at 4:30. We're playing Atlanta, uh we were kind of talking a little bit earlier. I I don't see John Collins disrupting White side offensively and I see White side it, it basically me taking this bet is anticipating White side gets like 15-15 rebounds. Yeah. I, I need rebounds from him this game, and I think he can do it against Atlanta. Atlanta coming off the back-to-back. They're going to be a little tired. I'm taking that 35-and-a-half over. You need, you need
2: about pass. 15 boards, 5 blocks, and like 20 points. Right? Well, yeah. he doesn't little... get
1: blocks. It's just points, rebounds, assists. No, oh, points, rebounds, assists. Sorry. So
3: he's looking so, yeah, like yeah, yeah. the 20-20 yeah, yeah. right. But he, he puts yeah. up like upwards I think just of 20 rebounds was... every once in a while. So
1: last, I'm... Just last game, I think, or game before, 18, 19, and 3, so you would have covered there. Uh, Ty? Yeah. Where
2: are you going? So I have... I have an issue of never taking the spread. I'm, I'm a. You're addicted to the I'm, money line. I'm addicted line. to the money line. When <laughs> I, I like see it. that I plus, like when I see the plus, it's, it's just so. It's, it's so. Juicy. It just gets me going. It's just like, you're just like oh, that's so, <laughs> so easy. <laughs> so today, what is it? Saturday? Saturday? Yeah. Today? Saturday? At, at Atlanta, I'm taking Blazers money line plus 105. Coming off a couple tough losses, CJ's going to be rolling showing Trey Young what he's about I'm taking line three units my units are yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not hey, a dollar hey 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 <laughs> we don't have hey, to talk hey, about we, it. <laughs> our units
1: are a thousand dollars <laughs> um, so for my bet, I'm actually kind of following Tyler's narrative here, but I'm going to focus in on the guy he mentioned, CJ McCollum. Uh, if we have any chance of making this playoff push and winning tonight's game, CJ's going to have to go off. His line of points, rebounds, and assists combined is at 40 and a half. I like the over. i have never betting the under. So no. I, you know I like the under. If I like the under, that means I just don't get it. Never yeah. bet, I've <laughs> never bet a player prop yeah. under. <laughs> no. If I like no. the under,
2: it's like I don't want to watch this game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what am I going to go dame it's 60 i'm not gonna bet the under
1: I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right when we come back interview with jack mcdonald it's been building
0: up to this rasheed wallace has been tossed listen to ron garrettson he'll explain the reason why
2: i out la whack get out get away from me steve get away from me steve he didn't say a word technical foul wallace he's gone no not right i asked him three times
1: all right, and joining us now live from L.A. It's Jack McDonald, Jacko. Is it true we are just catching you after a post twenty-mile run as you prepare for next week's L.A. Marathon?
0: That's true. Further, we met up at a local bar to celebrate our last training run, where me and a local Pod community member, Coop Sprunk.
1: Oh yeah, shout out,
0: and indulge in some Irish coffees, which we all know is a perfect Ooh. blend of caffeine and booze. So I am high energy and ready to let it loose. Let's go. <laughs>
1: Let's go, baby. As you know, Jack, we brought you on today because we wanted to talk Blazers with you. And before we get to the questions we have specifically picked for your uh, experience and your knowledges to you know bless us with an answer, we want to run you through our new segment from last week, Through the Fire, Just as a quick reminder here, Through the Fire is where listeners submit questions to us, and we present those in a debate-type arena. We're going to put this week two minutes on the clock. We're still calling it Lillard time because, really, any fourth quarter period is Lillard time. Yep. Um, And I'm going to let Kyle, Jack, and Tyler debate it out at the end. I'll pick a winner for each topic. Jack, does that sound good to you? Sounds good. All righty. Let's dive right into it. So, first... Question comes from a two-time contributor to Through the Fire and family member of the pod. It's yep. Tana Bagenstoss, and she sent in this topic, and I could not wait to discuss with you all. All right, so Tana recently hanging with one of her friends, her friend's boyfriend comes into the room, right? And he starts yelling all this noise out of nowhere, unprovoked, yep. about Hassan Whiteside is a better player than Yusuf Nurkic and better at defense. And naturally Tana was ready to throw hands.
2: Specifically up. defense.
1: Specifically defense, but based on the story she told, this guy said, I mean, better player. He said he's better than Nurk. That's Ew, the, yep. that was part of the quote. So, yep. my question for you 3 as we debated out, I'll put 2 minutes on the clock. Was Tana in the right to kind of fist up and get ready to throw down?
3: Absolutely, she was in the right. Um it, if if it's specific to defense, I don't necessarily disagree with it, I guess. I mean, Hassan is a good defender when he tries, like... I I think I mean he's like leading the league in blocks right now. So I mean it's hard to to argue that. But Uh when it comes to a player, like Yusuf Nurkic is definitely the better player, offensively, culturally, all the above. And
2: then when you want to speak on defense, are we talking team defense? Because I personally think that Nurk might be a better team Mm. defensive player by the way he communicates and is talking on the floor. He might not be contributing in as as many blocks, but I just like the way that Nurk like controls the paint, kind of tells everyone yep. where to be, get the corner, help yep. D, help there. So I think Tana is totally cool to throw punches. Yep. I told her, you know, throw some for me too. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, Jack, but
0: yeah. what are your thoughts on this one? See, Scott, Tan was absolutely right. The biggest variable between last year and this year is our starting center. And all we need to look at is a difference in record. At this point of the season last year, we were probably fifteen over five hundred. This year, we're fifteen under five hundred. Mm. So get that trash talk out of here; those are <laughs> fighting words. Yep,
1: I agree completely. And and with fifty seconds to spend around whole this one, up, yeah, yeah, I'm going to round this on one this. This. out myself. Uh, I I of course agree in this sense. I think saying that. Yusuf Nurkic is a worse player than Hassan overall. That's just blasphemous. We yeah. saw the impact Nurk had right before his injury towards the end of last season and the way he was kind of controlling a lot of the Blazers' offense right behind Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And Hassan Whiteside has been great statistically this year, but I'm going to keep saying what I've said th- throughout the year. I think his stats are a little bigger than the impact he provides on the court, no bigger than the block stat to me. I think a lot of the time what we see from him is, uh, Tyler, you mentioned this two episodes ago. I I think sometimes he chooses not to close out on purpose so that he can hang around the rim and swat shots. Sure, that's his purpose like a go-bear. The difference is once he swats a shot, the other team seems to be scoring on that same possession directly (laughs) a lot of the time. That rounds out the two minutes with that one. Tana,
0: Tana, take some advice. Take that friend. Get him out of the friend group. (laughs) Beat him from your ball's bucket. Delete his Instagram, Facebook. You
1: don't want him in your life. Well said, Jack. Well said. After that worthy advice, let's move into the second question. All right. This one comes from Stephen Gilkey, one of my near and dear gambling associates and friend of the show. (laughs) Uh, Stephen says, if I were to bet, wink, which Blazer should I put my money on to get traded first this offseason? And he wants to emphasize this isn't who you think the Blazers should trade. He wants to know who should he bet on the Blazers trading first first so yeah. that that's a different time to question here all right two mm. minutes going on the clock starting right
3: now well i think it's a tough question because it's hot today yeah i'm coming in hot it's a tough question because we don't have a lot of players under control going to next season we yep. have a lot of one-year contracts right uh-huh. now um so i'm going to play this or answer this question assuming that all of the player option contracts are accepted going yep. to next year so that would be rodney hood mario hazonia yep. and i'm gonna say Oh, Trevor Ariza, I guess, yeah. would be another one of those guys. I'm going to say Mario Hazonia. Okay. <laughs> I just think we're going to trade him for cash, if anything. Like, right. get, like
1: our Trading load. is different than cutting. I just want <laughs> to point that out. I'm,
2: I'm uh, <laughs> taking into effect Neil O'Shea's kind of draft or, sorry, trade pedigree, he never really, like, makes that big splash. So I don't really see Simons going anywhere. No, No, Collins ain't going anywhere. I'm putting my money on Trevor Ariza, who's a veteran wing, who is going to go to a – we're going to play him up till like, close to the All-Star break, maybe even before that. Or, sorry, maybe this offseason he'll get traded. I don't really think we're going to do much. But if I'm going to put my money on it, it's going to be Trevor Ariza, veteran forward, going to a contender.
1: All right, Jack, still a minute on the clock. Who do you think?
0: Right, I think it's going to be a decision between Ariza or Hood – to me, they're somewhat interchangeable, but we're both paying them around 12 or 13, to my knowledge. Yep. Um, we all know O'Shea set up this off season to finally rid of our terrible, I think it was summer of 16, yep. contracts. Um, and, and so we just need to keep in mind and have realistic expectations on this season that everything was directed and um, strategically aligned to make some big acquisitions over this off season. And so um you think it could be I don't, I don't think I don't think it'll come to be a trade I think it'll obviously become just uh, free agent signings. Yeah. So Yep, all right. To answer that- the question it'll be between reasons. We'll okay. See.
1: I I like those answers. I'm going to go with Tyler on this one because I agree. I think Trevor Reza at $12.8 million, definitely not a killer of a contract, but a good chunk of change to get off the books. And I get he is a great veteran, and if he's on our team next year, I'm not going to be disappointed by any means. I just think that's $12 million of space you might be able to work with, swinging him to either a contender or maybe a a bad team like we've seen Vince Carter in the Hawks the last couple years. So I'm going to go with the Reza and Tyler on that one. Um, good question from Steven there. Yep. All right. Last question of Through the Fire here comes from our artist on Instagram this week, CJ Michael. If you haven't seen that yet, at the Backyard Blazers on Instagram, CJ made a brilliant creation, in my opinion. It was uh, Arvita Sabonis posting up his son, DeMontas Sabonis, and that's the root of the question. Which one of the Sawbosses... That's hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) Sabonis. We'll have the more historic... (laughs) Sabonisai. Sabonisai. I like that better. Which of the Sabonisai will have a more historic NBA career when it's all said and done, fresh off DeMontis' first All-Star selection? Kyle? I know Kyle's probably going to want to jump again. I'll jump this
3: one. uh, It's tough because (laughs) the reason why it's tough is Arvidas didn't get to play the prime of his basketball years in the NBA. I think if he was able to come over and play in the NBA when we drafted him, he would have gone down as arguably... The best center of all time, like he was that good. Let me restate
2: um, that the question says most historic NBA career, okay. not best so, NBA.
3: Okay, so it doesn't necessarily have to be I'm the just NBA. Saying, okay, it either way, either way, I'm gonna stick with Arvidas. <laughs> I have a hard time thinking Domas is gonna be able to be as legendary as his dad. He's not like, your I, He's Arvidas. He's Arvidas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love Domas. He's a good player, All Star this year. Shout out. I don't know if he'll. Be able to maintain an All Star run. I don't know if he's gonna be one of those guys that's making it every year. He's gonna be like a borderline guy every year. So I'm gonna have to stick with Arvidas on this one.
2: I think Demontis is amazing. Mm,
0: Kyle, what? What's up, Jack? I I, I am strongly disagreeing with you. And by the way, I'm gonna refer to them as old Sabonis and young Sabonis. (laughs) Forgive me on the first. Um, Young Sabonis is continuing to develop at a high rate every year. Obviously, making his first All Star appearance this year. And what is the guy? 23, 24. In my opinion, he has another six, seven years of, of dominant center performance, especially with his outside game developing. Uh, give me the young Sabonis.
2: Okay, I'm going to take the old Sabonis here, Arvidas, because he's Arvidas. Uh, more, <laughs> most historic. Um, I think he has that title. I think DeMontis has the chance to have a better NBA career. Like Kyle said, we didn't get to see old right. Sabonis' prime, but... If we're talking historic, I think when Arvidas came over, we had this like phenom center guy who could pass behind his back, like nice little hook shot. I think I'm, I got to go Arvidas on this one.
3: I will say, Jack. I hope you're right. By the way, I, I do hope you're right because I go zags.
1: I so I think <laughs> one factor in my decision-making process here that no one brought up is Arvidas and the sex appeal. I mean, that guy He's is beautiful. a man rocket. Yeah, um, but. You know, I'm giving this one to Jack, and it pains me. I'm going to Montes here. Because of the fact that Young Arvidas came over to the NBA so late, and the question is specifically the most historic NBA career. That being said, Arvidas was involved in the Western Conference Finals and many good playoff battles. So if Demontis is not able to kind of, as mm-hmm. I think uh, Tyler was just saying, or Jack, whoever said that, like lead his team, You know, then I give the nod back to Arvidas. But I'm going with Jack DeMontis on this one. He's too young, and he's already been an all star. I like the outlook for him going forward. But like you both said. He's not your Vetus. He's not my Vetus. No. He's our Vetus. He's, yeah. He's our Vetus. He's yep. our Vetus. That's okay. why I had to choose him. You know. All right. That wraps <laughs> up Through the Fire. As always, shout out Sebastian Telfair for the legendary documentary um, that we're referencing with that title. But now let's move into these questions we've picked specifically for Jack. Three topics, Jack, that knowing you, kind of the commentary you've provided us via text this year, and uh, knowing... Your quirks and whatnot, your chest dent and all. We picked a couple of questions that we felt <laughs> fit your personality and that you might be able to help us out with. I'm going to go ahead and ask you the first one. Um, so one of your biggest passion points this year has been kind of the change in culture within Rip City. And maybe I'm using the wrong word in culture there, but specifically with the roster changes, guys like, what, say that again, demeanor.
0: Demeanor.
1: I love that. That's the word I want to use. Okay. Demeanor is the word then. The change in the demeanor from last season's roster to this season roster, focusing on the exits of Alfarook Aminu and Mo Harkless specifics, specifically, along with the additions of Hassan Whiteside um, and guys like Mario Hazonia. I just want, you know, you've had three quarters of the season now. Uh, you are a big proponent of, man, I wish we would have had Chief and Aminu back this season. Don't really love the feeling right. around Rip City. What are your thoughts three-quarters of the way through the season, last year versus this year? Have you seen some progression in this year's chemistry? Or I know it's been dark times as of late, but what's your perspective been?
0: So, to sum up um, my, my stance on the Blazers' demeanor, in my opinion, we lost some of that dog factor that Al Farouk, um, Chief, and even a few years back, Ed Davis brought to the table. Not oh, yeah. exactly filling up the box scores, but – they weren't afraid of absolutely anybody, and that's the personality that I want a small market team to have when they're going up against the big dogs like the Lakers um, or, or the Warriors. Yep. They're just not afraid of anybody, right? Okay. And so I think we lost some of that with our off-season trades. In my opinion, O'Shea realized this, and he, he compensated. He, he made the right move. And getting a guy like Trevor Ariza, who brings that factor back to the team, that, hey, Dame, I got your back in a scuffle factor that I'm sorry, but Whiteside isn't bringing to the table. Nurk is, but he's on the bench and can't do anything about it right now. Collins is, but he can't do anything about it on the bench. And so, in my opinion, Olshay recognized this. He, he made a strategic decision to make a a kind of a, a win-now move for Dame in his prime and get a guy like Ariza, who has that dog, and get that um, demeanor back into the, the bloodstream of the team. And so I think it's important for a small market team like the Blazers to place that as a high priority. Otherwise, we're going to get shuffled out of the playoffs, um, kind of like we're seeing this year.
2: Yeah, and I agree so with some,
0: you. Sum up your question a little bit.
2: Yeah, that That was that was was brilliant. Brilliant.
1: Yeah, tie.
0: tie. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: No, I I thought you were spot on there, Jack. And I think (laughs) that the reason why we're kind of losing that fire this season is obviously the change of players dame having to install that culture into our new guys and then ha- not having nurk and collins out who are sneaky dogs like will get into your grill and then we already know dames like that and i don't really think like losing guys like mo and aminu and evan turner like they weren't the biggest dogs in the world like i i realized like maybe mo but aminu just has the same face the whole time so um
0: right i, I agree yeah to be honest kind of looks like gear and headlights post crash not even free <laughs> <laughs> he, he the the he's, <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's like dame when he hits he the buzzer like beater but he just here. got
3: nailed by a car <laughs> um I, uh jack i i do i agree with some of your points um i do think that one thing we're not really considering is that it's it's kind of difficult to establish that same culture when you have a bunch of guys on one or two year contracts that you basically sign as like placeholders to for next offseason when our cap opens up a little bit. So I think it's hard to, you know, to have guys that are on the same commitment level. I guess as like an an Aminu and a Harquist would have been when they signed, you know, a 3-4 year contract and they know they're going to be at the team for a while. But I do think it's worth pointing out that a guy like Alfuruk Aminu, like the dude is averaging 4.3 points a game this year and is well, he's out. I know he's injured right now, but when he was playing wasn't playing much and he's on a on a team it, an Orlando team that I feel like he should be a, a bigger piece than he wasn't. Uh, well, let's for. talk about
2: Mo Harkless. He was traded from the Clippers for Marcus Morris and now he's on the Knicks and can't win a game. Exactly.
3: So I, I think like at the end of the day, Jack. Evan Turner's I, I, out of the agree. League. I agree with Jack that like, we don't have that same grittiness and the dog, I guess that you're talking about. But I do think that at the end of the day, Olshay made the right decision in moving on from that team because I don't think that team was going to take us anywhere.
1: Yeah. I, okay. I- I mean, I agree, but I think I do think what Jack said makes a lot of sense. And then Kyle's point about the one- and two-year contracts, I hadn't even considered yet, but I think that's a really fantastic point, because one of the things I was going to say is this is also the first year of this iteration of the Blazers, and sure, it might not have a four-year lifespan like that 2016 summer did, but even though we regretted a lot of those 2016 summer contracts, I think those guys realize, like, this is what we this got. It. Let's I mean, be we're a team. Not, yeah. we're, we're locked in. Right. You know? Unless O'Shea makes a miracle trade, which Tyler pointed out, not usually a very splashy guy tries to find good fringe role players to make an impact for sure. But um, I, I think I think you're right. We lost a lot of that dog, but I think it was because of a forced situation. I mean, right. our hand was forced. We felt capped out at where our team was, and I think going for it in this situation was a good call by Shea. But – Again, go ahead.
3: Go ahead. Um, well, I was going to say one thing is like, I think next offseason, you're going to see what we, like, who we sign. If, if it's for, you know, three, four year, con- like a three or four year contract, we're going to see, I think, that same culture get established. Absolutely. Because it's it's going to be no different. Like, this we was... know who Dame is as a leader. No matter who we got on the team, he's going to be, you know, forcing our
1: culture off mean, We that. knew this was a
2: stepping stone year as soon right. as Nurk broke his leg, and we weren't going to have him till after the All Star break if he even shows up this season. Right. So, yeah, all great points.
1: Yep. All right, let's move into the second question here. I think Kyle's got one for you. All right, Jack. Uh,
3: good to see you, by the way, or good to talk to you. At least it's been a while. Um, so, as we've said, uh, you're down in L.A. You know, you're you're living in in hostile territory uh, down there with the Lakers, Lakers fans. Uh, growing up in Portland, we all know that we we don't like the Lakers. Beat L.A. Yeah, beat, beat L.A. LA. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what's it like, one, being a Blazer fan down there, and two, does it get hostile at times with those fans? Do you ever get any scuffles, <laughs> verbal scuffles, At the I'll bars, say. maybe. <laughs> yeah, at the bars. You know, are there any Laker fans that are talking crap about the Blazers?
1: I mean, you just finished a 20-mile run with Spanish coffee, so I'd hate to see what you put down during a sporting event. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll be honest with you. There is a heightened element of pride being a Blazer fan in hostile territory. And I think other other fans in a melting pot city like L.A. or New York or Chicago where people um, are, are translated from, where they grew up, and they move here for work or whatever, but they, they keep their fandom of where they grew up alive. There's a high element of, of passion that is brought to the table, and I get so much pride wearing the Blazers hat or the Dame jersey, whatever it is, to a local sports bar that's flooded with Laker and even a little bit of Clippers gear this year at least. And so, to answer your question, the the passion is is only brought out even more so than it would be in Portland, just because I'm proud to be from Portland. I love the kind of person that that city molds, not only as a sports fan, just as, as a person in general. And so, I think the fellow Oregonians down here in Los Angeles are really proud to call ourselves Blazers fans. Um, having said that. We are but a blimp on the Lakers' radar. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for getting to this there part it of it, too, because there we might want to know about we're, this. We're, Sweet, Jack. Right. We're, we're like a dog, uh, the, the cliche, all bark, but no bite. Wait, wait, wait. Just, just
1: one quick thing. Everyone, if you need to take a bathroom break, set your headphones down, come back in about three minutes. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Jack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we're, we're a blimp on the radar. The Lakers are obviously dominating this year. And even if we do sneak into that eight seed, it's going to be a very tough challenge to knock them off. Um, and so it is. Been, it has been interesting to follow the NBA in L.A. the last uh, few months, especially with the tragic Kobe. Um, yeah, 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 right. That was great. And, and just being able to follow and, and live in a city that backed and supported, obviously, him and the team so much. It's been really a really cool experience, to See the feedback and the, the level of positivity the, the Lakers fans bring out of an occurrence that was so tragic um, makes you appreciate the importance India has to a lot of people, and of course, gonna you know, rep the Blazers as hard as ever. So, hope that answered your question, Kyle. That yeah,
2: did answer my question, Jack.
3: And to
2: go back to that Kobe thing real quick. So when when it all went mm-hmm. down, obviously tragic. Was there like a, a an aura almost to the city, a vibe? Because there was a vibe here where it was like everyone was it was Sunday, and yeah, uh, everyone never, was just kind of depressed. I don't know you know, I'll forget that day, honestly. And I don't really know weird. if it was sunny in LA at the time, um, but like when you walked outside, like could you tell like sh- like sh- shit was going down?
0: Right. Um, I think the city did a great job of trying to remember the great things that that man uh, provided for the city. And so there was an overwhelming um, outpouring of support. Everybody was rocking their Laker gear. Yep. The billboard flooded. I mean, and and all the lights at like LAX and Santa Monica, all the painting mails. I think the city did a great job of remembering the positives that he brought to the sport and in, in the city and the impact that he had. And so I thought it was a cool experience to be in the city and see what, um, to, uh such a passionate sports, especially Laker um, City, yeah, can, so, can do and, and bring out for Lakers like that, yeah.
2: Like when you were walking around, like I know you live close to the beach, like were people friendly, oh, like people coming together?
0: People are repping Kobe jerseys all over and a lot of memorials and it's, it's interesting, I'm doing the LA Marathon this next week and everybody's going to be decked out in oh, Laker gear. Yeah. It's going to be a Kobe, sen- yeah. It's gonna continue like that for years and years. So,
1: so yeah, definitely um, the
0: level of support is pretty special.
1: Definitely getting kind of that community aspect when your boots
0: on the ground down right. in LA.
1: Um, so,
0: the I think it would be different if it was the Rams or a different sports team in Los Angeles, but the Lakers are on a different level here, absolutely. and that's cool to see.
1: And, and on that point, so now now I'm going to put your feet to the fire a little bit here, Jack, okay? So it's been an emotional season for the Lakers, and your favorite player of all time, LeBron James, happens to be on the number one team in the West, um, and that would be your L.A. Lakers. And I'm saying your, because it's felt like you've softened a little bit on the rivalry this this year. It, it feels like if the Blazers Don't aren't tell me a contender, true, yeah. it kind of feels like you're rooting for the Lakers, and I get it's been an overwhelming time in the city but please tell me that's not
0: true i was um fortunate enough to attend lakers blazers over my winter break or at least the holidays when the lakers laid the smack down lebron had like 30 15 and 15 see how blazers, excited you sound, see, you <laughs> sound <laughs> with, way more passionate with you, i was i was rocking a lebron jersey with blazer socks
1: no, oh, oh, no, that's even worse. I'm giving him a 40 second mute. fellas. Yes. What do yeah. we think about well, that? Is the
3: thing is, is that I've heard. I know he's on mute, so he won't be able to dispute this. But I have heard Jack say that I'm pretty sure he would root for LeBron like over anything, which I've always had a tough time with because.
2: And that's when, you know, a city has changed a man. I understand oh, oh, LeBron's yeah. greatness and everything. But when you're and born mad. and raised in Portland, Oregon, and then you go and wear a LeBron jersey in the Rose
1: Garden, you're done. You're yep. done. Here <laughs> it comes back from the penalty box. Jack, all right, we got I you. Think go.
0: about, I think uh, one of the cool things about sports is is no matter which team. I'm you wear Lakers socks and here. a Blazer jersey, you that. dummy. You, yeah. you
2: stupid dummy. You hit us under your shoes. Lakers underwear, at you least so
1: I can't see it. under your shoes, you son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> Give me a chance here. I think the cool thing about sports is um, it will bring out who you truly are. Are a fan of and believe in, no matter what you have told your friends or what you post online, right? And so, to be honest with you, when LeBron is is staring down the barrel of potentially his fourth NBA uh, championship, fortifying his lineage in or his uh, legacy in NBA history, of course, I'm going to root for the guy. It's an off season for the Blazers. I I absolutely love the man. He's my idol. Jack, I'm going to ask you one simple question. (laughs) I'm going to ask you one simple question.
3: If you could choose... Would you rather have LeBron win another championship, or would you rather the Blazers win a championship? What would you choose?
0: That I think that's an unfair question. Nope. No, that, that, that is really not. That's here. a terrible answer, answer already. Question. It's a terrible. Answer. It's a simple don't answer. Me in an unfair theoretical situation. <laughs> all right, all right. And then uh, just like picking between two kids. <laughs> let don't let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> no, it is <laughs> not. It and Jack, not. let me let me
2: tell you what a true Blazer fan does. And picking uh, the stepchild, myself and my girlfriend Megan, we went to the first matchup in the Rose Garden. Blazers versus Lakers sat five rows up. Great seats. Bazemore kind of was guarding. Uh, yeah. bit a flex. bit of a flex. Yeah. <laughs> was guarding LeBron all game and getting in his grill. And you guess who was cheering for Bazemore over LeBron? Your boy right here, because I was wearing a CJ McCollum jersey. That's yep. right. Shout out CJ. Yep. I'm a Blazer fan, uh-huh. and that's Preach. what Blazer fans do. Preach. You, uh, don't get me wrong. You can root for LeBron as much as you want when he's not playing the Blazers. Yep. But when you come to a game in the Rose Garden, wear a LeBron jersey
1: with the Blazers on your socks. Oh, I'm, disgusted. I'm disgusted. We, we disgusted. already put him in the penalty yeah. box. So let's yep. just move on to the last question yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Hi, I know you were you were. Let's get back on the friendly yeah, side with Jack yep. here. I know you were talking earlier. Jack does have great musical yes. taste. Is that your last question revolves around that? Yeah, yes.
2: absolutely. And Jack, we still love you. I'm just going to lighten the mood a little bit. So, say we were to make you the head of production of the NBA, and you had to mm. choose arena music for. We'll start off with the with the Blazers. You had to choose the arena music, the warm up music, every game for the Blazers. Um, how would you do that? What changes would you make? Would you do anything different? Or could we expect one artist only from you? Because we know you like a few in, in particular. What would
0: you do? Ty, I absolutely love the question. And this is a very passionate topic of mine. Here's what I would do. Okay? So I want a sit-down with the DJ and each individual player on the Blazers roster. The DJ is going to ask the player, when I'm in the zone, when I'm streaking, For example, for Dame in the last two minutes, and I pull out my Lillard time um, move, what do I want to hear on the loudspeakers to get me in the zone to improve the level of home court advantage, right? Yes. And so, for example, Dame down four, two minutes left, what song does he need to hear to get him to that next level, to put him in extra gear um, to win us this game? It might be himself, who knows, but I want that relationship to improve oh. between DJ oh. and player. For, for example, if, um, if if Hood is in the zone and he knows he's hit three threes in a row or he's streaking in the third quarter, his song is going to come on. Vince McMahon, everybody McMahon, in the money, building money, is going to go crazy. It's going to improve home <laughs> field advantage and obviously motivate that individual yeah. player who gets the feedback from the DJ. Um, even more what and, and, the, and the
3: fans would be able to connect and know based on what What's song's come? playing who's hot and right then, they're so like, then it hypes up it. the fans like, oh, like oh, oh, i like they it jack
0: play 21 savage white side must be in the zone right <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good <laughs> point that's a really good point. isn't he number 21 I mean, whoa yeah. more of a, more of a
2: strategic play yeah. from jack was not expecting the strategy behind that
1: jack i like that and and you know what with how much of an emphasis. And I think uh, a promotion DJs have in today's music world, there's so many talented people with mixing and whatnot. You could have a real relationship through that in in arena, DJ and the players to kind of, like you said, define their personalities even further than what we get to see already. Um, right. If, if so now, now it's one, like
0: a walk up song for basketball and in, in baseball, every, every batter gets to pick there. At, yep. That song to get him in the zone. Let's, take that to the next level and put it in
2: the game for basketball. Ooh, imagine Dame Song coming out with 0. .9 seconds on loyal the clock. Loyal to the soil <laughs> and loyal, and Dame's loyal, ball, He, he just... hits it from half court. As he's <laughs> stepping
1: back on Paul George, he's yes. just literally bearing it to his own voice. Oh <laughs> my
2: God, that would be savage. Hey, Jack, can I I'm going to extend the question a bit further and just a quick answer from you. We all know that you're probably the leader of the Bayhive, a.k.a. Beyonce. Um, On the yes. current Blazers roster, who would you who would you take to go to a nice Beyonce concert with? Who do you think would
0: be the best? I I feel like I feel like CJ kind of has that yeah. old yeah. <laughs> old school yeah like I can see it. about music side to him. Am am I wrong there? I feel no. like he has an artistic connection. I mean, you um, it. with music.
3: I feel like he likes
0: Beyonce too. I yeah, could see I, CJ I Yeah, I feel like
1: CJ's definitely in the bayhive. Like, aren't we all? Right. Well, I feel so like
0: some of like... the other guys are strict. Some of the other guys are strictly rap, like Whiteside. I, I picture him, like I said, 21 Savage or some some tough rap that I don't necessarily connect with, and I would stick out like a sore thumb at a concert like that. You know. I feel like we would. Jack, you stick out like a uh, um, sore thumb everywhere you go, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) In the best way. In
1: your
3: your LeBron jersey, and your blazer (laughs) socks, people are just like, who the hell is this guy? That's a great
1: point. We should end up there. Uh, we've had enough of Jack. I'm still salty about the comments. <laughs> All right. That will do it for this week's episode of the Backyard Blazers. Thank you to Jack McDonnell for putting us in a great mood for the rest of the week and to Tyler and Kyle for lending us some of their brilliance. Shout out to this week's sponsor, King City Longboards. Although this trend seemed to have died ba- down about six years ago, these guys just keep pumping out product. Um, <laughs> Check out their newest commercial using the link in our podcast bio or on our Instagram post. Please, please check out the commercial. Those guys spent a lot of time and effort on it. Um, let us know what you liked or hated about this episode. We look forward to interacting with all of you. And until next time, go Blazers! Peace, peace.
0: See ya. <laughs> the series. It's Lillard. He got the shot off.